Hi everyone, I'm Katrina Davis and this is the first official episode of the Best Friend Show podcast. I started strong with a trio of man pals I met doing stand-up comedy in LA. Alex Hanna, Cooper Lydon, and Dan Donahue are three friends that you seriously can't help but love. Dan's audio didn't make the episode due to some technical difficulties, but like any true friendship, even in Dan's unexpected absence, you can hear the love behind the laughs in this friendship. If you like what you hear, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BF Show with KD. Enjoy. And he froze it again. It's like he can't even introduce himself He's in a regular it. way. He's just sitting there quietly. He's, He's faking, faking it. it. He's scared. Look at him. He's like a mime. Nah, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so Alex, what's your normal intro? Hi, I'm Alex Hanna. I'm a big dog. Woof, woof. And that's usually my normal intro. Yeah. But Alex, that's how you introduce yourself even when you aren't with your best friends. Um, yeah, but the if I'm with, like with my best friends, they all know that I'm a big dog. So they just start barking. They start going crazy. They start like, uh, you know, nipping at each other's tails. I mean, just because a wolf is alone doesn't mean he's not part of the pack, you know? Oh, Cooper, that was Yeah, kind of and you got to be part of the pack. Yeah. Wait, so we'll wait and see if uh, Dan's audio comes back from him being trolled by his own internet access. Um, yeah, he's sending us texts. Oh, Dan, we love you. Um, <laughs> he was on for like two I, minutes. I know. That was just like his little, he came on to do his hot, hot guy intro and got out because he's got hot guy things to do. Um, but I did want to introduce everyone who um, may or may not be a part of the Los Angeles comedy scene and know Alex Hanna, Cooper Lydon, and Dan Donahue, who may not know us. How did you all meet? Did you meet doing stand-up or before? We all met doing stand-up. Oh, we... We met all met doing stand up. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we recognize each other as big dogs right away. Yeah. Uh, and I think we just started like uh, you know talking outside of mics and uh, supporting each other through the tr- through the tumult, you know. And that's what your friend should do, you know. You got to support yourself through the tumultuous times of comedy. Yeah. I. Oh, I mean, are you guys trauma bonded? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Exactly, because the first long conversation I had with Alex was just me complaining to him that I'm not uh, getting booked enough. When I was like two years in and like really bad and had a bad attitude and we just talked for an hour and he was pretty much like, yeah, you got to calm down and be nicer to people. And since then I was like, this guy is a dog. This guy, we need him in the pack. We need a we need a lawyer in the pack. And then um, and then I met Dan and me and Dan uh, became better friends because we both got out of relationships and then would just joke with each other that we were dating each other's exes for about two months. And that got us out of the trauma and really brought us closer. That that is an interesting way to heal, but I respect it Uh, Mm -hmm. just to like troll each other subtly. Um, but also, wait, you're both hot boys. What if one of you would have actually started dating the other one's ex? Well, I mean, then, you know, you hate the game. What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, 
that it also Cooper just out the gate speaking to ultimate loyalty of friendship. Um, yeah. Wait. So did you all immediately like each other? Like, did you see each other go up and be like, that guy's going to be my friend? Oh, no. I thought Cooper was extremely off-putting the first few times I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this comedy, and it's also upsetting yeah. to me. It's just like a person who's trying to just like uh, be alive and uh, have some joy. And he was just so like angry on stage. But I think he calmed down. I mean, everybody has that kind of like a teenage angst. And uh, Cooper was really fulfilling that that need to express Cooper that. was giving off some real Nirvana vibes at oh. the mic. And you were just... And he looks like a damn Kurt Cobain, too. It was... Uh, <laughs> I would talk about issues. And I, di- I didn't realize that I was, like, dumb <laughs> yet. And then in the past, like, couple of years, I've realized I'm, like, a dumb guy. So now I just talk about myself and people are like, well, that's fine. I mean, as long as he's not commenting on the world. But yeah, I, that makes total sense. I knew that would be Alex's answer. And uh, <laughs> just me at Lyric Hyperion on the east side of L.A. bombing for for a solid two years. Anyone who is your friend after seeing you bomb horribly is like, that's a good friend. So wait, Cooper, did you like Alex immediately, though? I was uh, I was intimidated by Alex as I was a lot of comedians who had friends, and so you know uh, I go to Mike's, I'd see Alex stroll up like a big dog, just approaching a pack, being ingratiated, and I'm sitting over there, writing just horrible jokes, um, and <laughs> and just thinking this guy seems cool, and uh, yeah, and then I guess I, I calmed down enough for Alex was like, well, this guy is a lot but maybe there's something here and that's how you get a pack going yeah but i i also i also liked cooper because he would uh explore uh things that i i wasn't really like cognizant of um whether especially stuff because like before i knew you you were just dating this one girl and then you kind of like explored your sexuality a little bit more you know and came out as pansexual over the years so seeing that seeing somebody like explore that in a way that I hadn't seen, you know, in the artistic form like that uh, was really like, uh, you know, inspiring. Because I do like when, you know, I see artists grow and I think Cooper does a good job of like uh, really wading into um, experiences that he's had in a way that a lot of comedians just like refuse to do or refuse to have like a, a, a knowledge base of themselves in order to do that. And I think Cooper does a good job of that. But I'm yeah, a, Alex I'm a, came out here genuine as hell. Yeah, well, that was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. No, Thank I you. talked about you. I had a date last night, and I talked <laughs> about you a little bit because I think that it's like uh, you know, you you force yourself to have experience, like, uh, and uh, and comment on it. I because but that's like uh, we've talked about this. Your your favorite comedian is Richard Pryor, and he only talks about like life experiences that he's had in a way to like access his art and like share with other people um, and give them like a knowledge like beyond themselves. Uh, And I think that's like a good, a good way of exploring creation, you know? Yeah, it's good. Cause then also way to drop that. You had a date, Alex. We get it. You go on dates. It it went odd. It went weirdly. So it wasn't like, it's not a good thing. Anyway, 
It was a good thing. I, uh, I really enjoyed my time. That's what I like to hear. But, uh, it was a strange. You can't see, but Coop... <laughs> Cooper is dance hyping Alex's date. And it's we'll see what happens. You but... talked to me. You talked about me. And it was a weird date. I mean, that is... That's sick. What a sick date. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how long have you been friends now in comedy and life? Probably like three years. Yeah, three I don't know. or four years. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's been a while because oh I've yeah. known you since you started doing comedy, which was like four years ago. And it took a while. I mean, like, yeah, I was, I was like seventeen. I'm twenty two now, so it was closer to like five. But that's why you're a good friend because you saw me do stand up comedy where I tried to talk about world issues at 17. At and, 17, which yeah. don't beat your up yourself up too bad, Cooper. Like who is going to who at 17 doesn't think that they should definitely be talking about world issues yeah. and like 100% does not know everything they need to know to talk about world issues. I think we all yeah. go through that phase just most people aren't talking into a microphone while they do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you just it's a really big amplified that phase of your life. Like, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's really bad to be like, I gotta leave my house, and twenty people have to hear this. <laughs> who are all like thirty-year-olds that have seen so many of me before, and they're like, God damn it! And I think what's different is I I never left. <laughs> I think they yeah. I, like they were like, well, I'll probably be gone in two weeks, and then they were like, Jesus Christ, a year of this. But I always like seeing Alex because, like, he would – I don't know. I like all of Alex's jokes because they're, like, very hard to do because they, like, don't make sense from the beginning. Oh, absolutely So not. you just got to – you're just there for it. But what, But that's what's so great about it because it's, like, such a delicate thing. But when it goes well, everyone agrees with him but still has, like, no idea what he's talking oh, absolutely about. absolutely not. Like, you have that joke where you say you're – your sex playlist is just DMX. I'm going to give it to you over yeah, and over again. It you, yeah. Where it's like that, if that doesn't make sense to you, there's no explaining mm -hmm. it. There's no being like, well, what's like, it's just DMX over and over again. It definitely is one of those things that if you are laughing at it and trying to explain it, you in turn just sound insane. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, and then Dan I, came in not long yeah, after Yeah, Dan came in pretty hot, too. I didn't like Dan right away, too, but that seems to be like a, 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 a compulsion I have is to befriend people who I really don't like but wanna, but do want to like eventually because Dan just came in too, too hot. <laughs> Dan, yeah. Dan came in like his intro. I was like, hi, I'm Dan. I'm hot. We should be friends. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think it much. is that does make sense with the way that you the way you speak to friends, Alex, is like like sometimes we'll be talking and you'll be like, well, you know, you're a guy that and it's like it's totally the response of a guy that at one point was like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> but then like you you found a nice part about it. So when you compliment them on you're like, well, you're a guy that's like really angry. But then you also have this and it's like, yeah, this is good. There's been like a whole year of like. Jesus Christ with this guy. But that's what starts a good friendship is you start off with dislike and then you, you find a good way. Dan, Dan, the reason everyone dislikes Dan when they first meet him is you just assume he would be a douchebag because he's like mm -hmm. in shape and like very like nice. So I think a lot of people that do comedy are like, who the fuck is this guy? Does he think yeah. he's better than us? And then you get to know Dan. He's like one of the most understanding 
like humble down to earth people that will actually listen to you when you speak and you're like oh man so he just like is kind of a jock but is also like more emotionally intelligent than most of the people that think they are and you just kind of lose when you get to know dan where you're like i guess he just wins this guy just wins (laughs) and then you kind of hate him but you like him but you you have to hate him because he because dan wins a lot yeah yeah I and you can't. That. There's also like a fighter. What am I going to do? Support that all the time? Yeah. There's also like a fighter thing with Dan, where he'll like provoke you in order to hate him, and it's like, but you're such a nice guy to me, Dan. Like day to day, so I don't really want to fight with you. I don't want to argue with you. I just want to kind yeah. of chill out. But he'll really poke you in the chest with like uh, the the things that you're insecure about, or um, like or just like even nice things where he's like giving you a compliment, and it's like I'd still want to fight you like every day. It feels like I want to go tussle with you, you know, in the parking lot and just and just get it out of my system. <laughs> just to work out well, the he... energy I have against all of the positive traits yeah. you have at one time. Yeah, because he's such a good guy. He's like, yeah, he's easy to talk to. And yeah. also he has like good advice about stuff, uh, especially relationships. And uh, also one time I asked mm-hmm. if he wanted to have a foursome with me and the girl that I was dating at the time and him and his girlfriend, and they both delicately said no. And I was like, what's up with that? I'll fight you in the parking lot. And uh, <laughs> Damn, that is so funny. It's so funny. You got rejected. Oh, it wasn't genuine, but uh, it was very funny <laughs> to be like, I don't know if this is a bit or not, but you know. But hypothetically, you were offended. <laughs> Yeah, hypothetically, I was offended. Hypothetically, I was like, wait, what's up with this? That's even worse. Were you all friends already and then met Dan? Or did you all meet around the same time? We met Dan after because he moved to L.A. Yeah. And uh, it was me, Cooper, and uh, Robert Schultz. And then and uh, we started a group chat called Kings Supporting Kings, which is something that you need when you're doing an art form is you need a good group chat. I love that so much. I don't there wasn't like a huge amount of support in it. Oh, absolutely not. But at the same time there was. It was positive. Yeah, it was po- I mean a lot of it was just us like calling Robert a bad person. <laughs> Cuz Obviously, Robert is uh, part of the gang, but I don't think he wants to be part of the pack, if that makes any sense. I think, you know, listen, Robert, Robert like likes leash, yeah. being a dog, but he likes he likes a leash nonetheless. And everybody knows that that me and Alex are just absolute locomotives. I mean, anyone in the comedy scene knows us, knows that we cannot be contained. And if you try to, you're going to get... Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, I don't think I don't think you can find anyone to argue with that. <laughs> well, if you try to contain us, you're gonna end up getting bitten by two Komodo dragons right at the same time. Cause and we're poisonous as all hell. <laughs> you're Komodo dragon locomotives that cannot be contained. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Oh my goodness! If people are listening to this and they're like, they're really hamming this up, like calling themselves Komodo dragons. This is really just how we speak mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. and I, we should be sick of it. Like, we should be sick of it at this point, because we'll do it in front of other people, like this guy, Anthony, we work with, and every time he literally walks away where he's like, I don't, I can't do it. 
you guys don't actually speak. And it's, you know, a lot of it is just formulating scenarios where we kind of talk like Conor McGregor or something before a fight. Like, it's that same energy of, like, you don't even understand what's going to happen. And a lot of just... It is a lot of very um, uplifting but somewhat machismo analogies. Yeah. But clearly based in fantasy. I did think about that, that I was laughing at you all and that people will be like, is this a play or something? And it's like, no, this is 100% me just being super used to how Cooper and Alex talk. Yeah. I mean, this is what, this is what like you get when you still have like dumb dudes that are also trying to be aware of like a toxic masculinity and like inherent bias. So you just get just like a weird parody of like bad people. Cause frankly, yeah, I mean, well, I changed my comedy when I stopped trying to be smart and that's, that's really why I conversate with them like this, where it's like, I just want to be stupid. Like I just, I'm, I just want to be dumb and that's what we do. We get together and we and we just don't really say anything. And then we'll just go into deep conversation, then just write back to just calling yeah. each other locomotive. locomotive. And that's what you need in life. <laughs> do you feel like it creates kind of a safe space to be flawed and ridiculous to kind yeah. of also be able to grow together because you have this basis that's you can be so silly with each other that it's totally okay to talk about being like you're most wrong because you've already been so stupid with each other. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. There's also like a, a joy to it, you know, where it's like, uh, I only want to, at the end of the day, I really want to make Cooper laugh or Dan laugh or whatever. So if I can like come up with these weird scenarios that's like riding the line between what they think is like uh, uh, acceptable or like um, the wrong thing to say in the moment. You know, that's that's a that's a prime time laugh, you know. And if I can get them to like uh, I, I've made like Cooper spit out his water once and I thought that was just the best uh, time of my life. So, uh, you know, if I can c continue that to keep happening, that's just that's just fantastic. But uh, there's this thing and there's this like um, thing in community when uh, a Troy and Abed get their own apartment and they have like a room dedicated to just like imagination and uh, playing around. And I think that's like a really funny um, a, a metaphor for like how just friends, you know, can come up with that like on the spot because it's like a safe space to just like try out any idea yeah. um, that, that you can come up with. And I think that's what me and Cooper and Dan have. I think it's good for comedy too. Cause like um, you got to have like a little community, mm -hmm. especially too like it, like you just need that kind of like room to grow. I remember like a good example of that is like Robert Schultz was um, doing a, doing a bit with like Alex or no, it was like me or somebody at next stage. Um, which was a mic filled with alcoholics and angry people. And uh, Robert was doing a long bit where he was doing a really thick English accent, and it was very involved and very improv -y. And then everyone else who was, like, doing coke and, like, screaming and drinking at the table suddenly went quiet and just listened to him. 
And then uh, Jeff Carasalis, who uh, people don't know is a veteran who likes to yell at uh, young comedians, uh, just started making fun of him for uh, doing this bit in front of everybody. And I was like, that's why you need a small group of friends that you can do those bits in, because if not, then you just have like uh, alcoholic people with PTSD uh, screaming at you. And that's in comedy and really in life, uh, in if, life if, yeah. you know, if you're living enough. But what I also like about is our jokes is like, we're not, we're not being edgy. It's just me like throwing a high kick at you. Yeah. And then that's it. Like that's. And Cooper kicks high. Cooper kicks real high. I do kick high. Watching Cooper at a mic does sometimes have the similar vibe of someone telling you they can do a roundhouse kick and then like <laughs> trying to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's pretty much me on stage, just trying to roundhouse kick. Me and Dan went to Wee Spa and they have this one sauna that's like a stone temple that's like two hundred degrees and when you walk in it like hurts. Like I walked in and I was like, ow. And then Dan immediately kicked me in the leg like <laughs> really hard and I had no water or energy and I almost fell. I was like, Why would you ow? And and that's like a good baseline of, you know, like maybe when I was younger, I liked to think I was better than like just laughing because someone kicks me. But I mean, that's really all I want in life now is if that's if I can get joy out of just being kicked in a stone sauna, then I mean, then we're fine. What more do I need? You know, I don't need a Lamborghini. Yeah, I need a Lamborghini. But also it's like <laughs> you want that level of trust with somebody where it's like, OK, this is. I, I know you well enough that I, I, I this isn't going to cause resentment or like a, a, a division between us because I know that you're just doing it uh, mm-hmm. for this very specific funny reason. Uh, and yeah. uh, but that comes with like a mutual respect too of, um, you know, just liking somebody enough that, you know, you want to try out every fucking bit that comes to your head yeah. on this person and see how um, they react. Is there anything that you as friends do together besides comedy? Like, is there anything that you all will do with Dan that you technically hate? Like, do you all ever go work out with Dan or anything or have some other activity that isn't stand up that you share? I've um I've worked out with Dan a couple of times. Me and Dan have like um hiked up a couple mountains. Um and then Dan just did does just douchey shit once you reach the top. We reached the top of a mountain and with like no wind covering, it was like it was like 30 degrees with so much wind. And he fucking took a sh- he took his shirt off to take a picture. And it was kind of cold where like it hurts if your hands are out. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, you do stuff like that with Dan that you hate. And then other than that, I mean, getting lunch like anyone else, going out to bars. Me and Alex don't really, like, go on adventures, but Dan's, a, like, a dog, so he needs to be outside. Yeah, Dan does this. I mean, we'll go to, like, a bar and stuff but and hang out because, because I just like hanging out at bars. But uh, Dan does this thing where he'll, like, uh, start flossing everywhere, and he'll deny that, you know? But he'll just go to like any restaurant outside any restaurant. He'll start flossing for like, like three to four minutes outside the restaurant, and everybody will be like, "You got to stop doing that flossing dance, Dan." And it's like, uh, if you ever bring this up to him, he'll he'll say, "I don't do that anymore." But just know that he is still doing that every day. He's flossing outside of buildings, you know, like a Fortnite character. He walks up, flossing. 
Yeah, like yeah. a Fortnite character. Yeah, like a like a yeah, like your nephew. Like your nephew. Like been playing yeah. Fortnite. Like your fourteen year old or ten year old nephew. He's just like flossing outside of like uh, every building, the director's guild, mm-hmm. you know, all of those stuff. Who taught Dan to floss? Uh in YouTube videos. Oh um The youths. Yeah. Yeah. The youths. I'm blaming Oh Cooper. yeah, big time. I'm blaming Cooper's young influence. <laughs> no, I don't floss. I'm Millie Rock. Everyone knows that. I've never floss. <laughs> Yeah, he does Millie Rock pretty good. I only Millie Rock. That's all. Listen, I'll never floss. I'm not. Like that's a child. big. That's a big part of our friendship too. Is that whenever sometimes I'll enter work and I'll see Cooper in the, uh, in the parking lot, and he'll start uh, Millie rocking a little bit, and that just gets my juices going, and I'll start Millie rocking, and suddenly the whole parking lot has started to whip out like the hands, and they're all Millie rocking too. That's not really the the last part isn't really true. It's mostly just us, and then the same. Anthony uh, gets in on it too. Anthony doesn't like it though. Anthony, Anthony, I remember he. Oh my gosh, Anthony's back to begrudgingly Millie Rock. I love. I mean, you know, he's he's a he's a good straight man. Sometimes he pops out, gets a little silly, but several times at work, he's been like, I can't deal with you guys both working the same shift. He's like, you guys get each other too hyped up it's not okay because it is true uh, i see alex walking up the driveway of of where we work and he's like 60 feet away and i start millie rocking and then he starts millie rocking and it's it's it is too much because it's like 6 p.m and and you mm-hmm. know cut two i'm throwing high kicks work hasn't even started yet <laughs> oh absolutely not and we're barely doing anything on the job too yeah. But besides her and high kicks. Because I'm also imagining Alex imagining an entire parking lot of people like flash mob Millie rocking. Yeah. But then it cutting back to reality where it's just you two and Anthony <laughs> in the parking lot. It's pretty much, yeah. It's We live in a, yeah, it's a delusion. It's all a delusion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, you wake up every day, you call yourself a big dog, and then, you know. Yeah, but where does reality start and fantasy stop, you know? These are the questions I ask myself. I do... That's what I mean. I do kind of love just relentlessly placing yourself in that state because it is making me even on this podcast with y'all laugh more because but honestly this is what happens every time around alex and a group of (laughs) the guys that you befriend comedically because i think that is a part of it is just like yes ending the most ridiculous stuff until i am in a state where i'm like i don't know what world we're even laughing at yeah and it's like maybe this one okay like katrina i've known you for so long and you've met like a lot of the people who i love and uh it's really funny to see them get worked up while you're around because they'll start making you the audience of all of their jokes like like my two friends kevin macias and jay savory were once arguing about uh uh, the Godfather, and whether whether one of the main uh, parts of that book was that one of the women has like a huge vagina, and uh, Katrina was around for the argument, and they were just like laying into each other, like upping the ante with every fucking jab that they were throwing, just to fucking make Katrina like bend over and laugh. It was so funny, so fucking funny. Because I didn't, and that like day, I left so happy and did feel like I was like I don't even know what 
is going on. It was oh, even yeah. at some point like the sheer energy of two people <laughs> being able to care and scream at each other that hard at the same time. Like the fact that Kevin was screaming the way that he was screaming and no one is afraid is pure comedy because he was like purple. Like the <laughs> way, it's just like, I don't know. I think that that is something that tethers some of your friendships. Alex is just being able to suspend reality enough or like you're saying, even like ad lib through words and create this reality where everything is just fun for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have a little joy in your life. And sometimes it's just like joy through hysteria where it's like you're getting so revved up about something that absolutely does not matter at all. Uh, like, you know, the book The Godfather. But, you know, you got to keep everything interesting. I think it's just like just of adding too much to every situation. Like just the just like doing parodies of like dude shit. Like anytime we see each other, like if we're like meeting each other at a restaurant – we are fully doing the thing of seeing him 10 feet away and being like, who's this fucking guy? Oh, look who the fuck it is. And then like somebody stands up, yeah. handshake. It kind of yeah. turns into like a shoving, like yeah. a fight for like a second. And this, you know, this could be in like a Panera bread. Like it just turns into like pushing and always suggesting to eat Italian food. Like just, just so many times I'm hanging out, I'm like, is this my personality? Because I love it. I love every moment of it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just adding like 110% mm -hmm. to every conversation for no reason. Like, no, there's no substance to any of the conversations ever. But I will yeah. say comedically, it probably is a good kind of exercise for your brain to just be constantly at the ready with some sort of like faux personality or riff when the thing that's motivating you is just genuinely wanting to make your friend laugh. It's not like a pressure that you have to make someone laugh or anything. It's like, no, I, everything about this is I think that is your personality Cooper if what you're doing is naturally just wanting to make your friend laugh it's like yeah I think that is who you are yeah I mean yeah that's all I that's all I want in life I honestly like hanging out with like Alex and Dan and Robert and just like all the people I've met for the last four years and how like you're saying like it's only jokes I feel like I've taken like the equivalent of like UCB five or whatever the fuck like I like I could like, we could be on the Herald team at this point because we have been putting in the fucking reps for just years on end by by just approaching every situation like that. And then also other times really having great, very helpful, insightful conversations about, you know, whatever it may be. But for the most part, yeah, like, I, I, think, I think that does kind of help. And then, like, when you go on stage, you're just doing the same kind of riffing, but now you're just trying to make the audience your friend. And you're like... You with me here? And then when they don't go with you, you're like, all right, I guess. I guess you're not Alex, but all right. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I guess that one was just for us. Yes, I've absolutely yeah. done that with my best friends watching a set and been like, remember when you told me to say that out loud? Like being like, you hear this silence, right? You, This is happening because of you. Um, <laughs> is there a particular 
memory or inside joke that you all share that you can just like say two words and Dan and Alex, like the other two will know what you're talking about. And it just is like tied to some crazy memory or are you constantly making those things? I mean, we're, we're constantly making them a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes they're long running. I remember I did a bit with just Dan. That was just me sending him an emoji of the cowboy and just saying, I'm the cowboy with shit in his ass. And, um, that was, that was it. But I would, I would text him that for months on end. Um, I'm trying to think of all three of us having a bit. I mean, it's, there, there's a few, there's a few bits that Cooper does that I really like, like how his Twitter bio is just like, I love music. And he wants to get a tattoo that just says, I love music. Cause it's like, who doesn't like music? You know, everybody's going <laughs> to love music forever. And it's like an evergreen. You're never you know? going to hate that yeah. tattoo. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense at all times, you know? And then also his like uh, weird selfie where he'll take a selfie and then he'll post a, like a, a caption underneath it that's like, yeah, the abyss has taken me or whatever. And it's like him smiling, you know, really big. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. It's a good way to start the day. <laughs> Do you all have like a particular night even that you all remember together that something like especially ridiculous happened? Or is that, you know, a billion nights because we go to mics and crazy things happen sometimes? Alex, I mean, obviously you went to Westside a lot, but do you remember kind of before the pandemic with like uh, Rob Smallwood, Malik B and Dan and Keith Johnson and like just during the Westside mic of hanging out in that green room? Yeah. I remember that was just... Yeah, very loud. It was, yeah, it was, it was bad because we would scream so much that um, it would ruin the mic outside, which I felt bad about. <laughs> yeah. I remember nice nights, like that one night we went to Little Dom's me, Robert, Dan, Alex, oh, yeah. all of us eating Italian food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a good time. Eating Italian food in a yeah. booth. That what was a great time. Say? But I, I don't know. I honestly, I think you were right about how it might be hard for us to answer the question because everything we say is like so stupid and fickle that it just kind of, you just, it, you know, it kind of passes away like the wind. It's like, it's like, a, you know, it's like Dada art where it, you know, you, you write a poem and then you burn it. We're real we're really intellectual over here. I mean, we're pushing the boundary of conversation to say the least. I mean, you know, what really is something worth remembering to us? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think like our friendship style, it's like, uh, it reveals other people quickly to us too, where it's like, if you're not looking to have a good time and just like fucking start to bring some joy to other people's lives, get the fuck out of the conversation. (laughs) If you're not ready to fucking Millie rock at any time, you know, get the fuck out of the circle because like uh i think it does like it because i think like a lot of comedians especially they're like this is my fucking art and i spend a lot of time writing it down and making a point and uh and (laughs) this is the thing that i'm trying to get people to see about society or whatever and uh, i don't really care about that you know I, I have my own viewpoints, like, politically, and uh, I have my own viewpoints about what's, like, bad about society, but I'm gonna not going to force anybody to, like, listen to things that are, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. retrograde or um, uh, kind of momentarily bullshit um, because I feel like they need to be heard. So the thing that I do value a little bit more is, like, just, you know, 
having a good time and making sure that everybody like feels like like having a fun time like that's a that's also one of my like the mantras that I have before I go on stage where I'm just like well I'm gonna have fun up there so it it should be fun for everybody else too but maybe that's just like I'm looking at it too hard I don't think that's too hard I mean yeah I think um I think that's a lot of it I think this is truly a wonderful time to be a gang of dudes because um I think yeah. like at at our age and our generation, you grow up with like more awareness of who you are as like a young white dude. So you you're a little more aware of your actions, and then you can just sort of like like you're you're having more fun, you know. Like you're 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 more focused on like people having a nice time around you than you are just you having a nice time. So it's like we, you know, like even though we're very stupid, I think there is a general sense of like not not wanting to be the guys that people are looking over at like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what I mean? Like we're we're more the guys of like, oh, yeah, like they're nice. And, you know, if you talk to them, it's mostly just Cooper throwing high kicks, Alex telling Cooper he's going to come at him like a kimono dragon. But what are you gonna walk away from those guys and say they're bad say people? That. No. Do they contribute a lot to society? No. But probably not. But no. You know, if you don't contribute anything, you're also not contributing negativity. Maybe you know, at least That's right. at least conversationally. And if you count making me bend over crying at a barbecue, then yeah, you are doing something. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, hey, hey, one of the great joys. Is making somebody just laugh so hard that they can't. They their like stomach hurts. They like it feels like an ab workout afterwards. Oh my goodness! That is the best. One time I, I made this other comedian. She was drinking the Topo Chico, and I was talking about how like a zucchini laid an egg, and she spit the Topo Chico out of her nose. And I was like, "This is the most brilliant moment of my entire fucking life." It's great. I think a lot of it when it comes to joking is trying to get like the like kind of like you were saying, like just being able to say two words and make somebody laugh. I think like trying to get the smallest joke you can. Like I can think of two things. Like one thing I do. I started with my friend Dylan Sullivan. The first time I did it, um, I picked him up. I I came to his door and then we're leaving to go walk to my car. And I turn around and I go, we just got to pick up my girl on the way. And and now I just do that with all my friends where like anyone that's like getting into my car or like that I'm taking their car. I'm like, yeah, we just got to pick up my girl. My girl's on the way. And then, you know, just for months on end. And I remember like in, in terms of trying to make a short joke, I remember I was just sitting in like a small dark room during an open mic with, uh, with my friend. And then he was sitting there and then I just grabbed his arm really quick and just went, gotcha. And like that alone is like just just really small, just tiny. Like every joke, just very tiny, you know. My but, uh, favorite yeah. one that uh, my best friend Felicia Folks does is she will pretend that she doesn't know you're up next, and like ask you to do something. Like she'll like frantically come up to me while they're bringing me up and be like, Hey, what's up? Can you da da da? Or be like, Hey, do you want to go smoke? And I, every time I'm like, Felicia. And then I look at her face and she's just smiling at me. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. Like every time. 
but it's so funny because for half a second I'm like Felicia needs me and I don't have the time and then I look at her face and I'm like she knows exactly what she's doing <laughs> right yeah Felicia rocks <laughs> add to, to add to what Cooper was saying one time he got too drunk at the at our work and uh, we went and I had to take him home because he was like you know uh, uh, pretty much blackout and uh, we I had to pull over so he could throw up on the on the on the corner and I gave him uh, some hand sanitizer after he threw up. And he was like, so where are we going next? My girl's house? And I was yes! like, this is fantastic. And then I pulled, I, we, I, we pulled up to his apartment, you know? And, uh, and he's like, we have my girl's house yes, yet? And I was like, yeah, Cooper, we're at your girl's house. <laughs> but also, I love that Blackout Cooper was still had great timing. Still <laughs> doing bits. That's why you have those bits that go forever, because then you just have a joke that people already laugh at for the perfect moment. Like that joke was like Felicia. Like, first off, I can imagine her saying that. And that's like the perfect joke for her to tell. And she just has that in the pocket. So like if you're doing like a JFL audition or like something really important, she can be like, can you go to the meter for me? And then in that moment, you're laughing and then you have more confidence because like, you know, you know, your friend loves you and you've built up this joke for so long. And that's yeah, it immediately breaks everything. Yeah, it has happened on not necessarily huge stuff, but something that I'm very nervous about and she'll know I'm nervous about. And it does like immediately cut the tension. And you're just like, like you said, you're laughing or like when you were nervous. Now you're already laughing. So you're ready to make people laugh. Yeah. I think that's why you have those jokes. They're like comfort, you know? Yeah, they definitely are. Blackout Cooper is funny. I get <laughs> I get real aggressive. I'm calling myself the C-Man a lot. I mean, I call myself the C-Man sober a lot. Yeah, but that's just a joke that, uh, that you, yeah, you use all the time, yeah. I just love that a lot of your bits to each other are playfully instilling confidence in each other. So I don't really know how much of it is... <laughs> A joke because <laughs> i feel like oh that is yeah <laughs> hey that's a good point because i that's what i that's what i value in anybody is like uh are you building somebody up or are you tearing them down and like some people's jokes they think that they're like you know just being one of the boys but you can feel like a tension in the air when they try to tell it you know or it's like weird like one of these guy jokes that's like destructive or like not not funny and only like hurtful Stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I like really find uh, uh, off-putting in a lot of people who I meet in comedy. Yeah. I was just about to say, I didn't think about it till you said that, but there are multiple like guy gangs in stand-up that come to mind where I've been friends with like one guy in this group and been like, your group chat is mean. Like, yeah. I don't think these are your friends. Like, I don't like that this is what you even subject yourself to especially like you're saying Alex and like what stand-up can be like on its own you don't need your group that's closest to you to be people you like don't feel safe around because they use every vulnerability to like throw it in each other's faces it's like I don't know that's definitely a thing that I can see happening in male friend groups at least just in the little comedy sect. <laughs> yeah, I think we don't 
I don't think we truly like making each other feel bad. Like, I don't think, like, I think, like, if one of us is wearing... Oh, no, I feel so yeah, bad. Yeah, like, if one of us is wearing a shirt the others don't like, we don't really do, like, the the classic comedian thing of, like, look at this fucking guy. Like, chances are we just won't mention it because it's like, well, I don't know. I don't need Alex feeling weird about his shirt all night. Like, that's just going to make shit worse. <laughs> then he's got that on his mind. I think a lot of it is, like, it's like a mix of, um like, guys still being a little afraid to be completely honest with each other. But then at the same time, like I was saying, like, I, I know Alex and Dan and me, I think I noticed at least with them that they have like still a strong emphasis on like emotional intelligence, especially when you talk mm-hmm. to them. So it's like it's kind of um it's kind of like the product of men not wanting to be honest with each other in friendships has created this like only joke conversation. So we're using that still. But then we also will like have, you know, talks about like, you know, however you're feeling like anyone else. So I think it's just like it's a good mix to not be too on one side of like it's not always serious. And then it's like also just complete stupidity. But that stupidity is not necessarily a defense mechanism anymore. It's just right. like, yeah, like if you looked at our group chat, you'd be like, these guys are best friends. Like they are like these are definitely very good friends. There's not a lot of like you fucking it like and it's I don't know. It's not like it nothing reads like one of you is like j- jealous of the other. And even even y'all being able to jokingly like verbalize feelings about Dan not having like external flaws that you recognize as men and like that having the potential to harbor like, ah, fuck this guy. Cause he just doesn't have anything you can lean on and say, Oh, well at least he's this, but being able to candidly say like, yeah, but you cannot be his friend. Cause what are you not going to be his friend for? Cause you're insecure. Like that's yeah. what I feel like the alternative is. So being able to verbalize that is, I think what would make you all maybe be friends with Dan, but be dicks to him sometimes. And then he would be like, yeah, those guys kind of suck, you know, cause right. you're just not doing that. Yeah. Cause you already addressed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan said something very interesting to both of us one time where he was like, uh, I think somebody was complaining about some, some career success that another comic got. And, uh, he was like, uh, well, you know, like if, if you had that career success, you would also have to have that, entire life of that person and you know that you don't want to have that entire life of that person like if you dissect it honestly like uh there's no reason for you to to have that like sentiment where you're where you're not like looking at that person as a whole person and just looking at them as they're like uh, the money that they make or whatever um because if you wanted to make that kind of money you could do the type of things that they do but you just don't want to do it and at the end of the day like that gave me a lot of insight to like you know his methodology but also like the methodology of a lot of people who complain about comedy like they're just not looking at the whole thing they're just looking at this portion yeah um and i really try to i mean whenever i'm talking to like people who i genuinely love i do try to reflect like their whole personhood instead of just like this aspect that I'm like caught up on or like, uh, you know, um, or, or not like understanding. Cause I, I've noticed that like in my personal life of just like, Oh, this is a trap of the moment. And I'm in an argument with something that isn't really going to affect me later on. So if I can just remove that and just like get over my own ego, 
And um, that's really helpful to like just just keeping a friendship going too. Yeah, Dan said that same thing to me, and it gave me a lot of confidence because mm. yeah, I was I was talking about someone and I was like, man, they're like already like headlining and doing hours, and then he was like do you want to do an hour right now? And I was like, no, I don't have an hour. He's like, then why do you fucking care? He's like, then you, he's like, and he's like, and do you even think they should be doing hours? I'm like, no. He's like, exactly. Then do you want to be the person that shouldn't be doing hours, doing hours? And I was like, no. And that just gave me a lot of confidence because I was like, well, even if I'm not doing what I eventually want to do, I'm probably doing what I should be doing right now. And I just have to accept that it's, yeah. And you just have to accept that it's not, being the most famous comedian in the world every single moment of all the time and you just have to yeah. you know accept your place but in a good way and then be able to enjoy it because yeah a hundred percent and every everything about what you just said cooper in terms of being able to enjoy it is if you're sitting around pouting about stuff that you in terms of especially comics and being in la it's like people will complain about an audition that they didn't even open the email for before they think about the idea that they legit passed on that opportunity. So I think that there's definitely something to be said about being present enough to live the life that you're supposed to be doing and be having the experiences and writing the jokes that you're supposed to be doing in the moment instead of having all that time spent on stewing on someone else's formula or whatever. Yeah, I mean, being jealous of people you hate is, like so common in comedy and it's why like I'm so stupid for it because like I've gotten over a lot of it so many times in my life I've been like talking about being jealous of people that I also talk about not liking and it's like then what right. do you want <laughs> and that's what is the con right what is where where do you want to end on this yeah. Cooper if you don't like it's like then it's irrelevant what is going yeah. on yeah and them. Dan's good at that because Dan will shut you up where like I will, he's a good guy to have as a friend because I'll complain to him and then he'll like, he'll listen. But then pretty soon he'll be like, all right, here's why you like can't complain about that. And it's not like him being like, well, you're, you're an amazing person. No, it's him being like, these are the steps you're taking in your mind that are stupid. And that's what's gotten you to this point. And that's what Alex does for me too. Like I was talking about wanting to like, book more shows and then he was like well what do you do for the comedy scene and i was like oh absolutely nothing Mm. i was like i'd go to mike's and i bomb and he was like yeah so like maybe contribute something to those around you if you want to get things back and it's good to have friends like that because i'm like i just walk around with the most stupidest like the dumbest resentments possible like just logically so stupid and you need to have friends that are like you, where's the head? Like, where are you thinking right now? Like, none of this makes sense. Like, not only is it just bad to be bitter, but there's not even a through line here. Like, nobody has wronged you at all. (laughs) Oh, but Cooper, I feel like you are benefiting so much as a man from the advice you're getting in terms of driving yourself crazy for way less Mm -hmm. time. Like you're hopefully like adding so many years to your life in the long run by not being angry at these people you don't like for as long as you would have other. Oh, yeah. I think starting comedy young and also being friends with people like Dan and Alex, who are like roughly my same age, but just a little bit older, because like the there's like 20s is so different from being a dog. I'm almost 30. Yeah, I know, but still like 
if you're I'm talking turning, about I'm turning 29 in like 10 yeah, days but that's like seven years you know what I mean that's not like in relative to life that's not crazy but if we're talking about being in your 20s like 22 versus 29 right. is a crazy difference so it's like we're still yes you yeah we're still now. growing but like you're like you know 20 to 25 is like an insane difference so even just having a friend that's like three yeah. years older yeah. in your 20s they can politely be like you know i respect you as a person i think you have intelligence but you also are 22 and here's why you're yes. wrong and it took me a while to accept that from people yes. but once yeah. i did from like alex and dan it's helped me a lot and being able to be like oh i okay so like i'm just kind of stupid that way and i just got to kind of ride this wave and stop you know just kind of calm down and i think that's how you can sometimes get out of being young and annoying for moments yeah i got i got two things to, i got two things to say to that one is like what i've realized in like adulthood is that i'm a bad lawyer for myself and i need other people to contribute arguments so that i fucking get what like life is telling me to get um because if i just let it stew in my own mind i'm not really reflecting on it i'm just like enmeshing myself in like this dumb thought that keeps going through my mind whether it's like about a relationship or about you know some societal issue like i'm i'm not a good um counterpoint for my own neuroses uh mm-hmm. that's why you need people in your life to just like kind of uh, to dish with and just talk and talk about issues with but also like um uh the the nice thing about uh cooper is that he like listens and uh, has, uh, you know, things to say, uh, it, uh, you know, things to say back at you that like are, are grow- growing opportunities. You know, I've learned a lot from Cooper, even though he's like a, uh, a young man or a man, uh, you know, who's uh, had less life experience than me, but is like, co- is competent enough to, to speak on his life experiences. Uh, and also like, um, there's a lot of people in comedy who will give you bad advice, like daily, um and uh so so like to to have the wherewithal to like um know that there are those people out there that are like giving you bad advice is is uh it's form of intelligence to me like you can't trust everybody who's in los angeles because a lot of them have dumb things to say yes and they will say it with the Especially in stand-up, I feel like there are a lot of people who will flock to help you and they are not trying to sabotage you, but are just like not at all the people to listen to and will tell you with so much certainty something that you should be doing. Yeah. It's like, oh no. Yeah, like, you have to get away from people who like you tell them that you're sad and they're like, well, you're amazing and we're going to be famous one day. Because it's like, I've... Oh, I goodness. mean, I've hung out with people that are like, can't wait till we're famous. And I'm like, what? Like, it, this, you just think it's going to happen? Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I thought, like, I, I almost like hanging out with Alex and Dan because like when I ask them about like what they think their careers are going to be, I remember, I remember Dan was like, I'm never going to be famous. And I was like, well, do you think you'll have like any success? And he goes, I don't know. Maybe I'll be like a podcast guy, but it's like, so it's so good to have friends in comedy. They're like, I don't know, maybe I'll like barely make a living. And you're like, yeah, this is a good mentality. Like we're working hard, but the expectation is so low. We're like, you're still dreaming, but you can't be around people that are like, can't wait till we play the SoFi stadium in 10 years. And you're like, are, 
are you insane? Like, I feel like there is a fine line between like allowing yourself to not discount those kinds of things as possibilities in terms of like, Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you believe it's totally impossible, it won't happen. But I am also radically practical in my expectations of comedy. Like they could not be lower. So it's like, I'm just, I still coming from Florida. I'm just happy. We have so many places to tell jokes here, like that. There's just a bunch of bar shows and stuff. So it's like, yeah, definitely more of the thing of like, I like doing stand up, and I'm glad that there's so many of us that like doing stand up together and past that <laughs> we'll see. But I don't yeah. know. I feel like that makes it from the outside. It looks like you're already winning at comedy, even if you're just at mics, but you're, you know how hard it is to be happy at a mic. You know how miserable yeah. some people are at mics. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if you're at a mic and having fun with your friends, you're already winning. Yeah. That's why, that's why I think like if you're at a really bad mic where everyone's angry, a way to do well is simply to have a good time and like yeah. not even be the guy that's like, why are you sad? But if you just go up there and have a nice time, you're just like, hi, it actually, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the same as like, if you're like really like depressed and like, you're also a piece of shit to people. And then someone shows you love, you almost feel embarrassed because yes. like you didn't believe that was in the world where you're like, whoa. And that makes you want to be a better person. And I think it's like that same thing at Mike's where like a guy comes up and he's happy. And then all of a sudden the people that are like, this sucks are like, oh, I don't have to right. hate this. Because yeah. like one of the best advice in comedy I got is I was like, man, I feel like I should just quit. And then my friend said, then you should quit because nobody is asking you to do this and yep. nobody would care if you did quit. And I was like, oh my God, that's so empowering. I was like, this is just for me. I was like, yeah, this is yeah. a completely useless endeavor. And it's like, if I'm not enjoying it, then why would you ever do this? That I uh, totally, totally agree with that. Like I, anytime anyone's ever kind of used that springboard of like, oh, I've been thinking about doing stand up and expected, I don't know what they expect in terms of encouragement, but I'm always just like, do it. Yeah. Like if you're really thinking about doing it all the time, then just do it. And then if you like it, you'll keep doing it. But like, I'm not going to give you tons of, you know what I mean? Anything about, I mean, cause I love it. And if you ask me, you know what I mean? How I feel about it and how much I love it. I tell you, but I'm not going to tell you in the way that like, you'll definitely get the same thing out of it. So it's like, yeah, have you been thinking about doing it? Do it, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to do it. Yeah. There are people who, who have quit and moved on to like, uh, you know, more profitable careers too. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like yes. if you didn't yeah. like doing it, like there's there's a better way to make money in the world, and you get all of like the uh, residual benefits of like uh, you know understanding yourself a little bit more after doing stand up comedy, uh, which is nice. But yeah, I, there's no shame in stand up comedy being something that you experiment with or whatever. But yeah, like Cooper's saying in terms of. Um, that back and forth that I feel like a lot of people go through in this weird, like you're threatening yourself because you haven't gotten what you wanted out of it or something. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out what the like even 
um, motivation behind that behavior of like constantly kind of saying threatening to quit or you know what I mean in terms of posting about and being like I'm done and all that is just being like yeah do you enjoy this are you getting anything out of this or are you only like do you feel like you're not getting anything out of it because you're not famous right now and that's why you want to quit yeah I think they I think they like feel powerless so to be like I'm just gonna quit is like the only power you can feel because like you don't realize like Fair you enough. can feel empowered in comedy just by enjoying it and and it adding something to your life and if you need to be famous like that's like i would i yeah. you're like i'm with you like i would never give advice to any other comedians but like i think one good advice is like everything you should get out of comedy you can kind of get at an open mic like just by enjoying it and doing it and like if if you truly need to be like a world famous comedian, then you're a bad person. Um, and obviously open mics, like we said, are tough to be extremely happy <laughs> yeah. at. Maybe you can get all you need out of a show and we'll, we can add up to that. But you know, people that are like, well, I no, gotta be famous. I, but I do agree that like at their core, like you said, even if it's a different energy uh, at a mic, there's still people there's still comics are still capable of interpreting the words in a sentence and deciding if it's funny or not. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, the key elements are there. And like you said, then when you take those same things to a show, it's like all of the responses amplified because they're regular people that don't write jokes. So yeah, I do think that there it's not at all the same, but I do agree that like, if what you're getting out of comedy is seeing if what your thoughts are funny, then you can get what you need out of it. But what if what you need is attention in mass, then yeah, you're probably going to have to find some other way to fill that void in the meantime. But yeah, that probably would make you want to quit all the time. Okay. Thanks for helping me work that out, Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think comedy is just the worst thing to want to be famous in. Oh, it's, it's like totally a really dumb. bad idea. If you want to be famous, like, don't, don't do stand up. Well, to me, as someone who's loved comedy their whole life, I always kind of thought of comics as the most invisible famous people. Mm -hmm. Like I can see a comic that I'm obsessed with in the mall with my mom and a bunch of my friends and they'll be like, who, you know what I mean? And I kind of always took solace in that, like how you would maybe be in the comic books and see the author and no one would know how amazing that person is. You know what I mean? I kind of like that aspect of really loving comedy or finding a comic you like and it not necessarily being someone that everyone knows. So the idea that people want to be famous in comedy to the point of being recognized by everyone to me is backwards from what I a long time ago felt like comics were was like, Oh, you know what I mean? Me being able to recognize like Emu Phillips or someone, if I saw them and people being like, what are you talking about? You know? Right. Right. Somebody has a joke about that in their special. I forget. Yeah. It's like either like Eddie Pepitone or Rory Scoville or someone, they just have a joke Uh of like, you know, I know you, told your friends you were coming here tonight and and they said oh who are you seeing and then you told them and they said oh and like just that response of like just people just yes. so many people don't even know i actually i tweeted about it today but i um i was at the comedy store and i heard two people who had just come out of a show talking to each other 
and one of them said to their friend, I didn't realize you like couldn't talk during it. And then their friend responded and was like, yeah, I didn't realize we were like seeing a play. And that's when I realized that like most people don't even know what this is. Like most people, like they're just like, I don't, what? Like, what do you mean? You just go up there and talk. And it's, it's nice to hear that. Cause you're like, yeah, this is like, not important like you hear comedians talk about it, it's like we're gonna unify the world and you're like dude sebastian maniscalco is one of the highest paid comedians in the world he does stadiums across the world you could walk down the street 95 percent of those people are not going to know who he is like it's insane mm-hmm. how famous comedians can be while also not being famous like it doesn't yes it almost doesn't make sense but yeah it's well because Hannibal Burris at the beginning of one of his older specials had a joke about how the guy wouldn't let him in, and he was like, "That's me." Right. And I was like, mm. "It was like looking at him suspicious." But no, I do uh, everything that you said, especially about the store because it's in like more of a touristy area. But that is kind of almost freeing also when you have people behaving a certain way in a show and thinking that what you're saying is so important and this is your time. It's like, they literally don't know how to act. They don't even know what they walked into. They're just checking something off their LA list sometimes. Yeah. Like this is why half of our moms call what we do skits. Like I had to teach my dad not to talk at shows. Like (laughs) people don't. Yeah. That's definitely um a very important perspective to put on how serious we take this um we got off on a little bit of a comedy tangent but i like it um but i do want to end on a little bit of a bff face off so i'm gonna ask you all some questions and cooper you can answer alex you can answer and then we can you can say if you think dan would be one of these people of the three of you Mm -hmm. so of the three of you who is the best driver? Me. I don't think. Far. Yeah, I don't think it would be me. I'm not a good driver. I'll just say that. I think Alex probably. I don't know. Dan's from the East Coast, yeah. and they kind of drive wild over there. I mean, he's from. They drive like, crazy. The Cape, so I don't think it's. But where's Dan from? He's from uh, Buzzards Bay, but it's in Cape Cod. Yeah, Cape Cod. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, who is the biggest partier? Of all of you. Oh, Cooper. Okay. And it's no questions asked. It's like Cooper all the way. He's told me some wild stories that I can't repeat on a, uh, on a podcast. <laughs> but for a while, he was getting really crazy there. I don't even party. I just like just get like a little too fucked up often. But like they're never fun stories. Like I peed on someone's floor and then I just felt really bad about it. And I was like, I was. Yeah, but. You know, I was like drunk. I'm not even talking about that. But that wasn't a party. Cooper was just there to play Scrabble. <laughs> exactly. And I am that guy. Like, I'll throw up at like a board game night. I've done that. Like, it's like, it's never partying. It's just being like, why? Come on, man. But, you know, I like going out on a Wednesday. Sure. But you were telling me about the after hours clubs that you were going to, like, right at the edge of where the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I would go to some after hours bars and you know it may or may not have been near the cusp of a pandemic um definitely wasn't at the peak but yeah sure i like that (laughs) you were just going up the side of the mountain you weren't right at the top (laughs) yeah i was in the foothills (laughs) 
of a pandemic. But also I do feel like that is a balance in your trio is the youthfulness that Cooper brings to the table where he is still doing some mildly irresponsible things, but being very transparent about them and learning from them. So it's beautiful. Um, I mean, I went to a commuter state school, so I never went to any college parties or got fucked up. So I just do it uh, like at bars in Hollywood around my friends who are like older and are like, I, I left this in the past. You didn't have a safe space to do this when we were all, at the same time embarrassing ourselves, which is not totally your fault. Yeah, I, just, I hang out with people that are, you know, older. So it's just like, I've never like, what's up? But that's, you know, but I still got the boys. I'm still Millie rocking. I'm just the it's one drinking rocking. too much. That's it. We're still having fun. I'm just drinking too much. Because they're like, well, he's he's 22 and he thinks he can drink, but he can't. He doesn't know that <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, but he's wrong. Uh, do any of you have a particular pet peeve that, like, you know drives the other pe- person crazy? Um, you know, I was joking about it before, but I think it does sort of bother Dan. I'll do this thing with Dan where he says he's going to meet up with his girlfriend, and he'll be like, yeah, we're going to go to dinner. And then I'll just be like, where are we going to dinner? Um, And I'll do that a lot. And he he's never angry. He's like, no. Stop. But I always feel like there's a little bit of like, I don't love this joke. Like, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love you joking about coming. Yeah. With me and my I also will like send Dan, like I have a DJ app on my phone and I'll like mix like a uh, rich girl by Hall and Oates with like a, with like a, a Houston rap song from the early two thousands. And then I'll just send that to Dan. And he, he one time responded and he was like, you're sending me stuff. Privileges are revoked. Um, you can't, <laughs> in terms of like pet like normal pet peeves i can't totally think of it i think that's just things that annoy i think yeah, alex no. i can just i i like seeing alex not like i'll see alex not like people which i think is funny and there's like always little patterns like if a guy is very like transparently like defensive and trying to build up his ego through the way he talks yeah i do people, a similar like, thing alex with... just be like i don't have time for this i am sick of it <laughs> what do you mean like how I mean, like, you know, you just meet some people at open mics where it's like, as like people who do comedy, it's like, we're all tryhards. So sometimes you, you meet people that are just like trying Mm -hmm. to be cool a lot. Mm -mm, And like Alex is a good guy at clocking that. And I think that's kind of like we were talking about, like Alex, like not liking people before he becomes friends with them, where he'll immediately be like, what are, what's going into the things this person is saying? And, like, if somebody's kind of bullshitting, then it's, like... And you're just watching that happen on his face. And I like to... Yeah, because I like seeing Alex's responses to what those things people say. Oh, it's super fun watching friends not like stuff real time. I have definitely... I can't fix my face and have definitely been told... Like, had, like, a Felicia run away from a group because she started laughing because I did something weird with my eyebrows because someone said something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... I'm sorry, I cannot hold any of these responses in. Um, ooh, okay. If y'all were stranded on a desert island, what would each of you do first for survival? Dan would just start. Dan would start cutting shit down. I don't even know if he would. Yeah. Uh, I'd make a fire. Wait for survival. Yeah, I'd make a fire. 
I was just going to say, Dan would chop wood. Alex would build a fire. What would you do, Cooper? I would probably try and remember what Les Stroud did on Survivor Man, where he, like, set up a bowl with, like, a rag over it, and then he, like, drank <laughs> the water that evaporated into the rag oh. from the bowl. And I'd probably... I mean, I don't know where the bowl would be from. I don't know where the rag would be from. I'd probably fuck it up pretty quickly. Um, I'd probably fuck up the first two things I try, and then Alex and Dan would kind of workshop something for me to do. That would that would work. would probably be gathering. I'd probably gather. Cooper assigned a task. Yeah, yeah you find like a nice okay. bowl of fruit. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Did you all have any a final best friend thoughts before I let you go? Um, you know, I just want to say I wasn't totally sure what we were going to be doing on the podcast, but I thought it might just be us explaining our friendship. And I was like, man, I could do that shit for an hour. (laughs) I can knock that out easy. And this was a lot of fun. That's mostly what we do to other people who try to like understand our friendship when we're in the middle of it. And we're just like, yeah, we're just like dogs having fun chasing after each other. I I hate to get like an Ouroboros on this, but we are just eating each other's tails at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> but I I feel like just like in real life, you think that you just kind of goofed around, but you did also share a lot of like beautiful, insightful things about each other. And I don't know the benefits of having an honest and dynamic friendship amongst men. And that's what we're trying to show the world. Yeah, that's what we're trying to show the freaking world. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. Uh, well, we'll text Dan and tell him what he missed, but thank y'all so much. Thank you so much for having us. This was great. Hey, thank you, Katrina. Oh, yeah. Um, If you want to say where people can find you to sign off. I think it's just at Cooper Leiden on Instagram and at Leiden Cooper on Twitter. Check it out. The C-Man's going off. The C-Man is always going off. I like the C-Man's tweets. Um... The it's uh, out Alex Hannah good or out at Alex Hannah underscore good on both Instagram and Twitter. It's true, Alex Hannah is good. Um, thank you all so much for listening to the Best Friend Show, and I will see you on another one. Bye. <laughs>